0: Holly G. with the Golf Insiders. It was one for the ages. It was one for the age list. And OMG, Phil Mickelson winning the PGA Championship on Sunday. Historic. And uh, it's great to <laughs> spend a few minutes with Bob Herrick from ESPN to recap his thoughts from an unbelievable and remarkable uh, week and weekend in Kiowa Island, Bob.
1: Sure was. Yep. It was um, really amazing to think that that happened. And, you know, I think I'm still a little in in shock by it. It's, um, you know, it's just a huge accomplishment. And I, I almost get the sense it's being underplayed. It's, um, you know, it's it's right up there in all time great major wins. And uh, uh you know, I hope it's I hope it's viewed that way and, and, and remembered that way because it's that big of a deal.
0: Well it sure was, and even Phil mentioned how inspiring and motivating Tom Watson's almost victory that the British open at fifty nine, was he? Uh how that inspired him, he thought that was one of the greatest rounds of golf he'd ever seen, and and in, in sports.
1: Yeah, it's um, it, it, and Tiger has referenced that as well, and and it's it is it's, that is in, it, inspiring to these guys, um, but of course, even more inspiring is somebody who wins. You know, uh, the fact that Phil won. Uh, to become the oldest major champion. You know, if Watson had done it, nobody was ever going <laughs> to break that record, I don't think. But, um, you know, I've sort of wondered why we haven't had a 50-year-old win a major. Um, the last, you know, the oldest to do it before was Julius Boros, you know, 50 years ago. Right. And, and you know, it does kind of point out that it's not that easy. Um you know that was a time when you would have, when age was, when when getting up in that age was was viewed as as worse. But I think it also points out that the depth wasn't there. You know that a that a 48 year old guy could win. Um. Uh. You know, suggested that. You know that there there just wasn't the the, the strength of fields. You know he. Or else beat Arnold Palmer in that tournament. Palmer would have been 38 then. Uh, and when Arnold got to be 40, he was considered old in the game. You know, so was Jack. That's why 46 was sold so when he won the Masters. Um, but I don't think we view, that, view it that way anymore. And yet it's been six years since somebody had won in their 50s, Davis Love. So it just doesn't happen that often. We've had... You know, less than 10 players, I believe, in history have won on the PGA Tour age 50 or older. So, you know, yeah, there's a lot in their 40s, but still, you know, um, the, the ones pushing for the oldest uh, before Phil just did it there at the PGA, um, you know, it's been a while. Jack in 86, uh, I think Ray, uh, no, uh, uh, Hale Irwin, nineteen ninety was is the oldest US open winner, forty five. And Tom Morris from eighteen sixty seven. I mean that almost doesn't count. You know, so um it's uh it's not an easy thing to do and 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 Phil did it in this era for, uh pretty wild.
0: Um so yeah let's I mean even even in the mix, Bob, speaking of the old guys, was Padraig Harrington who Managed to slip up for into a tie for fourth. I shouldn't say slip up. He played his way into uh, what a tie for fourth. The the current Ryder Cup captain uh, for the UK squad and Steve Stricker was in the mix uh, coming into Sunday.
1: I think um, you know when the when the venue isn't as familiar to everyone and when par is. is is a, is a good score or, you know, not, not much under that helps the veteran guys like that, you know, and, and because, you know, the first round of the tournament, Phil shot 69. He, he was three over par after six holes and came back and shot 69. In a regular event, if you're three over after six holes, you're pretty much out of the tournament. You know, you're, it's hard to get back into it. Like today I saw where Phil's two or three over Jordan speed shot seven under. You know, I mean that's going to be hard for Phil to overcome. He'll have to work hard to make the cut yep. at the Colonial. But at the at the PGA, you know, he was a couple under par and he put himself right there. You know, and and that's I think that's the difference. And Padraig, you know, he's a great great player under those circumstances. Um, I think uh, I think that sort to of golf suits him very well. And uh, it's good to see him up there. He gets him in the master's next year by being in the top four.
0: Yeah, you got to love it. And you got to love a course like the ocean course at Kiowa, especially for majors, Bob, because this is the drama we want to see going into Sunday. You know that there could be a leaderboard change, maybe. Two, three, four shots, and we watched it on the front nine as those guys were looking a little shaky.
1: There was, I believe there was five swings of two shots or more in the first ten holes. One of them was three when Kepka doubled the second hole. I mean, it's crazy. And uh, to your point, I think there's nothing better than win to, to make it interesting. That's why the Open, the British Open, is always so compelling. On windy days, because like more than rain, that really is a is a difference maker. I think, and uh, it, it it creates so much doubt. So, uh, and obviously, the wind blew pretty strong every day, and and we saw the impact.
0: Yeah, and it was very interesting to see too. And and um, the coverage, you know, the TV coverage did a great job of of. Uh, diagramming, you know, the wins and how they changed, especially on Sunday. And you saw a number of times, I mean, these guys were grinding, right? And, you know, good for Phil giving the kudos to his brother, Tim, because, boy, the caddies were really grinding, too. You know, helping their players pick the right clubs and make the right decisions. And, um, you know, a couple of times we you know, in particular, we saw Phil back off at, you know, really critical times. And, um, you know, you you know that they were visualizing a shot, and they felt something else, and, um, you know, several times he, he had to rethink it.
1: Yeah, I thought the, the graphics were interesting. Like on 17, which was playing 231 on Sunday, the graphics would show the strength of the wind and what that meant in actual yardage. And so it would fluctuate between like 208 because it was downwind. It was like 208 to 212, you know, and then it would be 213 or 209. And I'll be honest with you. I would have thought that was like a three club wind if you go by 10 yards per club. So that was basically saying it was two. Well, but yet it's, it's just fluctuating. And hey, that's the decision the guy has to make on the tee. And he doesn't have that info, obviously. He just knows the wind is howling. How much is it going to help me? And you've got to have the guts to hit much less club than you would normally hit to that yardage knowing that if you're short, you're in the water. So I just, you know, I just, that's what made that course so great. It's just the fact that the wind blew, no rain, no thunderstorms, just wind. And obviously, a lot, of, a lot in the way of hazards to to keep them honest.
0: I want to talk about for a minute this whole process that Phil uh, shared a little bit with the media, uh, you know, along along the the, the tournament, uh, and it really started a few years ago when he looked at you know his his game and realized that you know he was he was starting to lose distance, starting to lose club head speed, and went to work on that. And how gratifying that tee shot must have been on 16, Bob, when he bombed it, as he loves to say, hitting those bombs, 366 down the fairway, and uh, casually walked by Brooks Drive,
1: yeah, it's pretty impressive. There were a lot of good drives that Phil hit and for really over the years is that his fitness has really improved as he got older. He used to be criticized for it and he's, he's, um, you know, he's worked on it. You know, obviously he slimmed down a little bit. He's a, he's a tall guy. He's a big guy. Um, he's always been very flexible. He's worked on maintaining that long swing, which has gotten him into trouble at times. And, you know, I've, I've often wondered about this quest for distance because Phil's strength has always been his iron game. Obviously, he's very good around the greens. But, it, you know, his iron game is really solid. But he wasn't giving himself a chance because he was missing too many fairways. So, you know, I kind of wondered. I doubted him on that. And yet it really paid off there. You know, getting the ball down there helps. And although I'm not convinced he had to, um, but clearly there were some holes where, and on Sunday, you know, a lot of the tough holes were into the wind, you know, in a completely different direction. And, you know, he's had hidden drives that were 280, but they were good drives because they were into the wind. And, and now he's able to play it from the fairway with a solid iron shot that he's, you know, that's his forte. And it all worked out really well. You know, he, um, he, he reduced the number of fairways he missed. He hit a good number of greens throughout the week. And, um, you know, except for Saturday, when he hit that tee shot in the water on 13, he avoided the big numbers.
0: He did. And I think, you know, we watched, unfortunately, uh, Louis Ousheizen, uh fall victim to the water in a couple of key critical moments, both on Saturday and Sunday, which, you know, points again to what you were saying about you know the changing wind direction, and you know what these guys were were dealing with in in trying to you know hit hit some of these iron shots. Um, uh, you know another thing that if we if we remember about Phil's whole journey here in terms of his fitness and and health, was that you know he was diagnosed with pretty a uh, serious uh, with psoriatic arthritis. Was it what like 2013, Bob? And I believe I heard him say that it's actually in remission now, I think, as a combination of what he's doing uh diet wise to reduce the inflammation. I'm sure also some of that probably has to do with some you know medical um protocols too but uh you know at at that time, I think a lot of people thought his his game might his career might be ending early
1: yeah that was actually two thousand and ten when that happened. and so so that's that long ago and And he's always been pretty pretty close in what he's said about it. He's tried to not make it an excuse. Um, but yet, of course, I think we all understand that that can have a big impact.
0: <laughs>
1: you know, if you're not able to practice properly, if, if your arms and your hands are always sore or any, you know, feet, whatever, it's going to be tough. And so he's managed that. I think you hit on it, the diet. He's talked about that, less inflammation, eating better means, you know, doing the right things helps you with the body. And um, so he's, and then plus there's the mental side. He's talked about these focus issues a lot. Another, another issue he's had to overcome. Again, I just think it all adds up to – Um, you know, it's an incredible win guys. There's a reason guys don't win at this stage. There's a reason they're not this competitive. And, you know, I think people were waiting for Phil to fall apart. We all wondered if that was going to, if there was going to be one of those moments and he managed to avoid that and, and, and win. I think really impressively.
0: Yeah. You know, speaking of the, of the focus, um, you know, he he actually also revealed that he has been doing meditation. Um, as someone who has practiced meditation myself, uh, I've often thought that more uh, elite players, given how mental the golf game is, uh, could benefit by doing meditation and you know, sort of quieting the mind, and he he really spoke a lot about staying in the present moment. And I I I noticed even uh, well, you know, there was a lot of conversation about how uh, you know even just walking the course, how you know he was very careful to you know watch his pace with you know walking and. That he never you know got hurried but even in his press conferences bob i noticed the same demeanor the same cadence i I don't know if you picked up on it at all
1: it's been brought up to me too i mean i think some other people noticed that phil was very subdued even in winning i thought he was a little subdued um somebody joked about it with me about the cbd gum that he might have been chewing who knows if that had something to do
0: with it? Um,
1: you know but he clearly has been trying to maintain a even keel and you know we saw it with the walking we saw it with the deliberateness over the ball hitting you know hitting shots taking his time you know you know backing off making sure he got focused um These were the things that have been plaguing him, and he just—I think—he just was committed to that routine, and it worked.
0: It sure did. If they're going to put him on the clock, did it seem that slow at any point?
1: Yeah, there was a couple times you wondered about that, especially since a player did get a slow play penalty there last week, John Caitlin during the first round, Um, and there was a point where Phil's group was out of position and they were trying to catch up. So, and that was on Saturday. So yeah, it, it was it was it, it was certainly apparent, you know, especially when you're in the last group, you know, and uh, and and there's there's a you know there's a hole ahead of you, <laughs> you know, it's it's noticeable. So, uh, but uh, but I don't think it ever got to the point where he was in danger of a, of a penalty, and you know, still knows how to play that game too. He's been around long enough. If you if you've been told that your group is out of position, then you. You do everything you can to catch up. But uh, the very first shot on Sunday, you know, the drive, he backed off. He, he hit a very indifferent second shot He three-putted. He just didn't seem comfortable. And uh, uh, Brooks helped him out by making double bogey on the second hole because because Phil then made a birdie to take the lead again. And even though he still had some issues going forward, that, Phil was able – I think that helped Phil relax help them get into it, realize, okay, they're going to make mistakes too. And, uh, and and all of that led to, to to what we saw in the end.
0: Let's talk about Brooks. So all the conversation about is me and, you know, was he even going to be in the mix? And, you know, it was almost like a Tiger moment, uh, you know, back from Tory Pines that you know, this guy's, not only in the mix, but has the chance to win it and played, you know, relatively poorly for a big stretch on Sunday. And Phil was only, you know, two shots out of winning the event.
1: Yeah, you know, Phil Phil was able to give himself that four-shot lead there around the 10th or 11th, and that was the cushion he needed because because Brooks wasn't going away you know Brooks hung in there and uh uh you know and then Phil helped him out a little bit I couldn't believe he hit the ball in the water on 13 on the second shot you know after you know finding the fairway there the last place you want to go is in the water he still made a bogey um but you know Brooks hung in there he Brooks didn't have his best stuff you know he made a couple of doubles he um you know, he hit some wayward drives. I, I actually don't think that should be a surprise. You know, his game, he hasn't played. You know, he played four rounds of golf before this, before the PGA since February. Uh, knee surgery, uh, still not anywhere near 100%. And I think it was just bound to catch up with him. And, and it sort of did. And and that was another big help to Phil. Now, I'm not knocking Phil, but I mean, it was, you know, a Brooks shot 74, I believe. So, um, you know, it was, uh, you know, if, if he shoots 70, he he wins. <laughs> you know, so that's, uh, that's, that's, that's what we're talking about. They, of course, it was a difficult day. The, except for those guys, uh, you know, who kind of moved up from behind, the, the leaders struggled. You know, not, the, most of those guys were a power over.
0: Yeah, it was not, it was not easy to finish that one off. And, uh, your comment about Phil being a little subdued, even in, you know, the, uh, sweet moments of victory, uh, I read something today where he said it kind of took him a couple of days to let it sink in. No doubt about that because, you know, just probably surviving and, and winning took everything out of him. Uh, and I would imagine we'd have to cut him some slack if uh, that spilled over to this week at Colonial, don't you think?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so um, kind of, kind of, kind of a tough transition, I think. So, um, and you know, he went all the way home, and then he comes back to Texas, and um, it's not conducive, I don't think, to to great golf. Uh, But, you know, that's okay. I think we get it. You know, and uh, I think it would have been hard to be focused in the first round after winning that major.
0: And if we ever doubted for a minute that Tiger needed some extra motivation in his recovery and the potential of coming back and winning again, uh, boy, this certainly sets up uh, another um, potential – Historic moment down the road, don't you think, Bob?
1: It does. I think it's. uh, I think it's a great, a great
0: motivating factor for
1: Tiger. You know, I mean, Tiger's got a lot to overcome. I think to get to that point, but uh, you know, uh, if he needed any more motivation, I think that'll give it to him. So,
0: what? Any update on Tiger's? rehab at the moment?
1: No, I mean just, I saw where he talked to Golf Digest briefly and and basically told him that rehab is the most painful he's ever gone through. He was asked a question about his golf career that he wouldn't talk about. Um, so, not a whole lot of other info. You know, the main takeaway was is I'm just doing my thing every day trying to get to the point where I can walk on my own. And I think we all realized that that was going to be a while. So, um, you know, it's hard to say if he's ahead or behind. I bet he's ahead, just knowing him, you know. If there's a rehab schedule, I bet he's ahead. Uh, so, hopefully, you know, you know, three, four months or now, maybe we'll see him walking well and doing okay. And then, you know, then, then, then we can maybe start to wonder, well, can he start swinging the golf club?
0: Well, there was a, a lot of hope for uh, Jordan Spieth, uh, possibly completing his career Grand Slam. Uh, he's on top of the leaderboard right now out at the Charles Schwab in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, give us a, a, a quick uh, synopsis, Bob, of, of uh, what you're looking at for this weekend and um, who, who are your picks?
1: Well, I mean, you gotta love Jordan with that start. He loves the course. He's won there before. Um, he was just a little off last week with his putting. Just couldn't quite get the putter to work. So it'd be great a great thing for him if he could pull through here um, and uh, and get another win. It's a great start that he's off to. Um, you know, uh, I sort of like Daniel Berger going back there. That's you know. This is the first event that came back after the pandemic shutdown, down. And, right. um, you know, Morikawa played well there. So it's, um, it's it's interesting to see how they do. It's a different world now. People, are fans are back, and, and that helps.
0: Yeah, final note, speaking of the fans being back, what was it like being on the 18th Green Sunday at Kiowa?
1: Well, it was both cool and harrowing at the same time. I mean, it was great to see all those people around the green and up and down the fairway and cheering and the noise. I think we all missed that. It was a little harrowing to see the way that they got too close to the players and that there could have been some problems there. You know, Brooks talked about it. I mean, it was just that part was, was just a little bit to where that shouldn't have happened but um, other than that, I thought it was great. You know, it was nice. uh, Thankfully, nobody got hurt. It was a cool scene. If they'd have had more, um, security and, 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 uh, marshals, that would have been a great scene because they would obviously held them, held them off just fine.
0: Yeah, and was, was, was Brooks being, um, I, I felt he was trying his best to be politically correct, um, in terms of what happened there. But, uh, you know it seemed like that could have been a really terrifying moment for him, you know, had he tripped or been kicked um you know just right. because of his knee
1: It sounds like he was kicked, and I do think he was downplaying it some he was trying to be somewhat deferential to Phil, um, but he was clearly upset he was annoyed by that, and I think Phil was too, to be honest with you. But Phil's not going to do that when he wins. He's not going to say that when he wins. I think he was mad. So um, in any case, it was a uh, thankfully it worked out okay. It was cool to see people back, um, and uh, and 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 hopefully we'll we'll continue to see that even more.
0: And um, the storylines will continue to build for. The U.S. Open in June at Torrey Pines in Phil's backyard, one of his, uh, you know, favorite courses and, uh, you know, his hometown of San Diego. Uh, that would be, that would be pretty, uh, pretty amazing if he completes his own Grand Slam, uh, in June.
1: Yep. I'm hoping he can keep the form going. And take it in there and see how he can do.
0: Well, Bob, as always, we appreciate your time. Fantastic PGA championship and uh, certainly probably inspiring a lot of uh, golfers of a certain age to get out there. And uh, I don't know if they're going to take on 36 hours of fasting, but, you know, go hit some more golf balls. You got a lot more game left to play.